0: Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Dr. Jen.
1: And I'm Dr. Dom. And we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and PT pearls to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions.
0: Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. All right, before we dive into the next PT Pearl, I do need to say that it is Cyber Monday today. If you're listening later, I am sorry you're going to miss out on this. But if you are listening now, you should grab on the deal. We are offering the Optimal Body Membership, the full year of the Optimal Body Membership for 50% We've never done this before. We've never offered it this low. The monthly rate is not going to change. So that's why I would recommend if you really want to steal the deal, that is getting into the year optimal body membership. We talk about this all the time on these PT Pearls because we are talking into what mobility can be like in your body core and actually understanding the core where it comes from with the breath, the pelvic floor, the rib cage, the diaphragm, all of that. Then we go into muscle activations, really understanding what is activating where on your body so that you can really make those improvements in bigger movement patterns. And then we go into functional HIIT workouts, really not needing any equipment, but always accessible anywhere so that you could just continue to learn about your body. And then we go into mindset tools. We have recipes from Dr. Dom. We have so much stuff in this membership and the best part is the community I show up every single week in that Facebook group community. If you're not on Facebook, you can always reach out to me on Instagram and ask me a question if you have any. But honestly, this is where Dr. Dom and I really pour out our expertise. And even though we're teaching you and explaining and educating through the podcast, the membership is really where you get to learn and explore in your body. And it takes work. It takes consistency. It takes getting to know your body. And this is the place that I really recommend people diving in. So sorry for this long ad. (laughs) I just want to let you know that it is 50% off right now. And I really would encourage you to get in, get it for your friends, get it for your family and start learning through movement. All right, back into the PT Pearl. Thanks for joining us on another PT Pearl. Today, we are talking into adhesive capsulitis, commonly known as frozen shoulder. And we really want to touch on this because even though not as many people might experience it, hopefully, we want to make sure that you get to catch it in the early stages so that you understand what you can do about it so it doesn't turn into this frozen shoulder.
1: Absolutely. And I think frozen shoulder... um It's interesting and it's difficult for people and it's kind of scary because we don't have a really clear way of diagnosing it and it kind of creeps up on you. And you you have a little ache one day and then it a few months later turns into this really, really debilitating thing that can limit our ability to function on our day-to-day. And I'm excited to kind of talk through this because we'll talk about the etiology or the things we're seeing in the shoulder, the the things we're seeing in the tissues and just like how we think we can best support our body as it goes through that journey. And and it takes a combination, yes, of like research and things that we've read and just what we understand about the body and how we can really support it when some of these things are going on.
0: Right. And I've really worked with patients who have frozen shoulder and mm-hmm. I it just... It doesn't have to be so complicated. It really doesn't. And I've yeah. been able to support someone who's had years of frozen shoulder, be able to come back to full function, full range of motion and no pain. So it is possible, but you just got to give your body the opportunity. So we're going to talk into all of those. Now, first, we want to touch on the fact that there are various stages of frozen shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> this is like the best way that we know how to kind of categorize as clinicians what is happening in the shoulder. We've created mm-hmm. different stages. Um, so we'll talk through some of those, then go into some of the treatments that you can start doing along the way.
1: Yeah, and really, these stages are like the best way almost for us to diagnose it because the other stages of how we diagnose frozen shoulders almost by eliminating other stuff, mm-hmm. like In the first stage, or what they'll call the pre freezing, right? Because they're, which is only included in some places we saw, they have like pre freezing and freezing, but some other people put that together into one stage. But that's really kind of the onset. And what people usually notice in that first one to three months is like there's starting to be some pain in the shoulder. It's a little bit more prevalent while i'm moving it especially towards the end ranges and maybe during night you Mm -hmm. know or at night and you that's you just start noticing that pain coming in and maybe minimal just like loss of range of motion if say you're trying to reach up your back to like scratch your back or unhook your bra or something
0: (laughs) right and so this is like and this is where it's going to start to turn into the other stages and what i typically see people do is i feel pain so let me not do that movement yeah and if i feel pain when I do this movement I'm just not gonna do it anymore and so obviously what is going to happen if I stop moving into a range because it's painful mm-hmm. I'm gonna also lose that range of motion mm-hmm. so of course it carries down the chain from this pre-freezing stage into the freezing stage yeah <laughs> and then that's where it is three to six or three to nine months yep more pain decreased range of motion especially at night Mm -hmm. um and then you know it just starts to continue to go down the chain to frozen
1: yeah and then in the frozen stage is and again if you kind of notice that's more of like a spectrum there's no real like cut and like yeah now you're in the frozen Three stage
0: months, so now it's this
1: now you have been <laughs> progressing enough that you're in the frozen stage but generally it's like okay my loss of range of motion has stopped like i'm hitting the lowest range of motion i've had i'm starting to have some of the higher levels of pain i've had i it's the worst at night again that's just the kind of the trend through every stage and towards the end of this frozen stage we might start to have just a little bit of alleviating of that pain but that's when we're starting to move into the last phase which is thawing. Right. And that can start happening anywhere like 15 months on. Like mm-hmm. right? and this is one of the things they're saying about this di- this disorder this frozen shoulder, is frozen shoulders that we know it's going to get worse, we know it's most likely going to get better. About 90% of people return to pretty close to their, you know, pre um frozen shoulder function. So maybe 10 percent have some residual stiffness but we know it's going to go through that path it could take anywhere from 15 months to four years yeah. to completely go through that whole cycle
0: so it's a really hard thing to move through ultimately yeah and you know as you're going through each stage like it there's no one way to go through anything <laughs> everybody is going to kind of experience things differently but what. I really see, and I've seen with friends as well, it's just, it comes to this point where it's like, I can't reach my arm up at all anymore. And it's almost like you do have your arm in this sling that is just stuck to your side. And it and based on going through that for months, what is going to be true in your mind and the beliefs that we're going to start to create around it is a fear of movement because mm-hmm. movement equals pain. And so you have to think along this journey of working with a physical therapist, you are, we are not just working through movement and range of motion, but we're, we're having to work with you through your beliefs about movement and fear as well. If, if that is not a component of your treatment, we're doing you a disservice. And this is why we want to make this like so clear as to what is really happening, what we're doing, what we're trying to create.
1: Hmm. And keeping that in mind, like the two things that we see always in frozen shoulder is inflammation in the shoulder and maybe some changes in that, that the tissues or the structure or the mm-hmm. adhesions that we start to see show up in, in that shoulder range. So if we're thinking about guarding, one thing that guarding does for us is it increases tension and stress and puts us in more of that sympathetic you know mode especially right up by the shoulder when we guard we internally rotate we elevate our shoulder towards our ear to kind of create that stability Um, and in reality we're just flooding that area with a little bit more of those stress messengers and that's what they say like when they take tissue samples and fluid samples there's all sorts of fibroblasts and Mm -hmm. macrophages and b lymphocytes which are just all these inflammatory processes that are basically saying something's going on here we gotta build we gotta fix we gotta do something so what can we do during the whole process to reduce that fear, reduce that systemic stress and put our body in the best overall you know, environment to succeed in that shoulder when we maybe start adding in some other movements or manual therapies along the way?
0: Yeah. The number one thing we have to avoid is muscle guarding. Your muscles are already guarded. That's what Don was kind of demonstrating and explaining. When our body is in pain, it goes into protective mode. Mm -hmm. And think of like someone scaring you and go... (gasps) right? And your shoulders rise to your ears. And so that internal rotation of that shoulder where your your form is stuck into yeah. your stomach and then that shoulder is kind of elevated. One, the shoulder blade is already stuck as well. Not just the shoulder joint itself, but the shoulder mm-hmm. blade. Yeah. And it's in this elevated stuck position. It's not going to move very well, right? Yeah. And so if I'm trying to force range of motion, like a lot of the things you might see is like take a stick, put it inside your hand, force external range of motion, F- put the stick in your hand, fo- force flexion overhead, all of these ranges of motion. Let me just lay on your back, passively let the stick kind of fall over your head or push into it or do a pulley system where you put like a thing in the doorway mm-hmm. and you use your other hand to your, your good arm good, meaning the one that has the range of motion to kind of pull down and, and pull on that range of motion. I honestly, I cringed every time I saw those exercises being done in the clinic because they don't teach you range of motion at all. You are forcing your body into these places where it doesn't feel comfortable to go. It doesn't want to. So what is your body going to do? It's going to fight it. And Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden, my shoulders already elevated up to my ear. Now I'm just going to make it go even more and side bend and create all these restrictions. And and I'm going to resist So, it's really hard to create. I'm like so passionate about this right now because I hate seeing those kinds of things being done where it has no, there's no purpose. Don't just do ranges of motion thinking that it's going to help. We have to get the body to feel safe.
1: And I mean, although we don't know exactly what causes it, I know things that would probably perpetuate it and very likely make it worse and very likely drive the things that are happening in that shoulder further. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, some of the things we said, like with early exercise and with early manual therapy, what can we do to not irritate the pains and not irritate the inflammation in that early stage? So that early stage is just about the comfort. And then some of the recommendations later on in the later stages do kind of say, get more aggressive, you know, push into those stretches more. And that's where we kind of say like, okay, let's reframe how we're imagining those sets of directions. Yes, we want to move into more range of motion. Yep. Yes, sometimes that might aggravate our symptoms. So how do we work with our body to breathe differently, position differently, work with the segments around that shoulder, like you said, the shoulder blade, the thoracic spine, our upper back, how are we extending, moving through that whole complex and breathing to then comfortably work in those motions? Because that's what's going to start telling those fibroblasts, those um, building materials that are in the area as we're thawing. Here's how we get to rebuild all these tissues so that we can get back to our original function
0: exactly and whenever I was working with a client so I I love manual therapy in this type of setting because I am I'm teaching the body how to relax I'm using my hands to to facilitate Mm -hmm. passive movement but I can only do that when the muscles are relaxed so I use the patient's breath pattern and movement of my hands to teach the brain oh it is safe To move that shoulder blade into that upward rotation that's going to cause that uh, eventual flexion overhead and more Mm -hmm. movement. Uh, And so when I every time that I would work with a client, I almost love working with frozen shoulder. Like it it sounds crazy, but I do because I, I can I can feel with the client in so much synergy in that way of like, I'm not moving with you. And it's Mm -hmm. it's a process with you unless you are controlling the tension through your breath. And so I could feel when someone's holding their breath. I can feel when Mm -hmm. someone's Mm -hmm. resisting. So when we're talking manual treatment in this way, it should not be to try to force range of motion. It should not be to try to create range that the that the client's not feeling comfortable and safe with and you can feel when you're a clinician you can feel with your hands when a muscle is is tense and so yeah. i knew when i can move with the range i knew when i could move with the patient and then you get them to do the exercises using their own breath patterns and using the decreased stress in their own body you're going to get so much more effective create change outside of manual therapy
1: yeah and just to think that and we said frozen shoulder can last up to 15 months it's like over a year year plus or up to three four years if throughout that whole journey the message we're telling ourselves that is that pain movement is painful Mm -hmm. moving the shoulder sucks Mm -hmm. (laughs) i hate this shoulder (laughs) like what are even as we start to improve digging ourselves out of that motivational hole is also really difficult so throughout the process knowing that 90 plus percent of people get back to pretty much where they were at before speaking that into yourself giving some Mm. grace to the body during those times that it's really tough knowing that things are probably going to get worse early on um, and again doing what we can in those times to benefit our inflammatory processes and our systemic things that we have some control over um, rather than preaching a very stressful, inflammatory-ridden message into our shoulder movement.
0: Mm-hmm. And so that's where systemically we're going to go back to how much sleep are you getting, how much water are you intaking, how much stress are you dealing with on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. what kind of foods are you putting in your body. We do know you know, that sometimes people who are diabetic have higher chances of frozen shoulder.
1: And that's the same, I think, for a lot of... Um, Things like diabetes that just compromise us a little bit immune wise and yeah. it makes Fluids us a little more as much people who are, you know, more um, compromised to like autoimmune stuff yeah. or people who have had cancer in the past. Things like that. You might have slightly higher prevalence to sh- frozen shoulder, which to me shows consistency in just these inflammatory processes yeah. and how it impacts our body.
0: Exactly. And so you might get a little bit more calcium buildup within the shoulder. And obviously that's going to cause pain if you have movement. So it's like, how can I help systemically with mm-hmm. what I'm intaking in my body? Maybe that is working with a nutritionist, a dietitian, mm-hmm. you know, as you're working with a physical therapist. And I don't want to say that, you know, you can't have an injection or a steroid isn't going to help. However, you can't rely on that to be the fix.
1: Even when we saw the, the studies that said, I think what the one I was specifically looking at was talking about um, more Surgery. of a surgical process because there are cases where people will get under anesthesia surgical releases of their shoulder capsules or things to that extent. And it said even in those cases and when those are successful, they always come along with a thought out physical therapy or yeah. rehab program so that somebody can be kind of coaching you through that movement.
0: Exactly. So ultimately, you want to be thinking what makes the body feel safe and manual therapy, especially in this case, so good. So working with a physical therapist that's going to coax the body to create that safety, that decreased tension, that increased range of motion in a safe way that works with you. Work on this breath stuff that we've been talking about forever. Work on that while the therapist is working with you. Mm -hmm. And then do the exercises that they give. Make sure you're listening to the breath. Make sure that you're, you know, you're listening to, oh, is that, am I guarding against that or am I going with it? Am I allowing, you know, because we create these quick changes through manual therapy because we get the body to feel safer. But you must do it on your own. And so it is. it goes way beyond what is done in the clinic. It's on what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, how you're talking to the pain and the beliefs you have about your shoulder and how you're continuing to move along that journey.
1: And I think that we don't want some people to take what we're saying wrong about manual therapy for frozen shoulder and how it can improve things. because. We have heard um, in our past that people say, oh, it's not good to have physical therapy during the early stages because it's going to get bad anyway and be frozen. And that's like saying, okay, we know something's going to get bad, so let's not do anything to
0: help That doesn't help, make any or maybe sense influence
1: <laughs> it differently. Or So, yeah, we don't exactly agree with that because the goal of manual therapy and stuff in early stages is not to suddenly return all your range of motion and give you no pain at all. It is to help the system understand hey there's some pain here what can we do to help alleviate some of that pain maybe start to slow down some of these processes but mostly just make the body feel comfortable and safe when it's going on exactly to start that process of long-term healing rather than guarding and building up long-term tension in those tissues
0: and we know that you know it's something that we don't necessarily have a one cause like this is the thing that causes no. frozen shoulder right and so our message too, right now is if you are feeling any type of pain with movement, go get checked. Don't just say, Oh, I'll just avoid this movement or Oh, it'll just go away. It'll get better. You know, we, we, we ignore these signals from our body so much rather than acknowledging these signals. Mm-hmm. And if you hear anything from us, hopefully it's that you're taken away more awareness, more education and Tell, and, and recognizing these signals. So if I do start having pain when I'm reaching overhead or I'm picking something up or I'm reaching behind my for my bra strap, besides just decreased range of motion, if you're noticing pain, don't just stop doing that. Truly, go find a, a physical therapist. Word of mouth, we always say, is best because mm-hmm. uh, that's where you're going to find someone who's really going to work with you, who's really going to be on this journey with you. Remember, it's not what they're doing. It's it's how they're walking with you. And if you start now, you might not even get into the full frozen stage. Thank you again for joining us on yet another PT Pearl, we just appreciate you so much. And of course, if you need more visuals for each PT Pearl, they are over at DocGenFit on YouTube. There is a whole section for the PT Pearls from the Optimal Body Podcast that you can use to really see what we're talking about. And don't forget, if you really like this, if you're learning from it, share it out, share it with your community, tell us what you're learning, rate and subscribe to the episode because there's going to be so many more goodies and PT Pearls along the way. And if you're ready to dive in even deeper, don't forget we have an Optimal Body Membership with an incredible community of movers learning with us and moving in their body. Until next time, thank you again.